He dropped Royce Freeman in favor of Peyton Barber. That seems like a lateral move to me. He's arguably the best handcuff in fantasy. But he produces. He doesn't have to be good to produce fantasy. I'm just looking at his team. I, I don't know how it could be much worse. This so this is the, that's Caleb's problem. Is he just, you know, has no concept of who he's drafting. He's the handcuff master over here. I'm, I'm not Kuhar. Um, you know, I'm not an idiot. If you know you've got a guy who's going to be force-fed the ball, you have to play him. So, Tevin Coleman, I'm looking. You drafted him third round. You're kidding. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't even know how he won three games. Brady's going to get hurt again, man. For um, sure. Who else has sad road splits? Matt Ryan. Really? But Latavius Murray is the best handcuff in fantasy. CJ Yeldon. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next installment of the Fantasy Football Bros. I hope you all enjoyed our fresh little intro now that the sound department put out. I'm your co-host, Derek Randall, and here with me tonight is my co-host, Mark Hogan. Mark, how are you doing? Doing well, uh, although pretty, uh, pretty, pretty rough after the, uh, the beatdown I got, uh, uh, as expected, from this past weekend. <laughs> Facing Jack's always a rough one. <laughs> it is, it is, especially when your uh, two main players are not playing, so... Yeah, it, it could have been much rougher for you. <laughs> I'm looking at the score right now. Uh, so why don't we why don't we just go into the agenda real quick? Uh, so we'll go ahead and kick things off here tonight and recap uh, everything that happened from this past week. Then there afterwards, we'll go into waiver wire uh, pickups and evaluate what happened over the waiver wire from this past morning. And from there, we'll go into the upcoming matchups. Lastly, we'll get into the much-anticipated uh, guest star here, Jimmy Costin. So we'll bring, bring Jimmy on board, uh, hop into some voicemails, and uh, really just put Jimmy in the shark tank here based off of all of the uh, questions, requests, and uh, grievances, uh, I guess you could, you could call them as well. So really looking forward to the episode here tonight, Derek. Yeah, so so am I, and I'm pumped to see all these questions that the commission is going to be forced to answer on the spot. <laughs> and and before we get started, just big shout out to you for putting in the time and effort to go ahead and uh, look at the uh, overall uh, uh, the the audio here, and and really kind of enhancing that as well. So. I don't know if you can hear me a little bit better now, but uh, just speaking close to the microphone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's much better. Um, yeah, I appreciate that, Mark. Uh, I'll tell you what, I know a heck of a lot more about mixing audio now than I did three days ago. Hey, it's a valuable skill set, so certainly can come in handy in the future as well. Absolutely. So you want to jump right into our little week seven recap, Give give a quick rundown of of who walked away with a win and who, who took some losses? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump into it here. Uh, pretty upset about just my matchup. Uh, obviously, Jack's team is the one of the best teams in the league, if not arguably the best. Uh, and, you know, we talked about it last week. I really, you know, I think you disagreed with me. I felt, I felt like you thought the matchup would be a lot closer. Yep. I did not. And then just to add insult to injury, uh, found out Saturday night, Sunday morning, Melvin Gordon's hamstring acts up, and lo and behold, Melvin Gordon sits out as well, basically diminishing my chances uh, of winning that game to essentially zero once that happens. So pretty upset about that here with my matchup. Yeah, um, honestly, it was a rough one for a lot of the league. Almost everybody was hovering right around 100 which is pretty odd. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll jump across to incredibly high-scoring matchup between World Star, a.k.a. Lennon, and the double champ, Dennison, of Dennison taking the W with the score of 117 to 108. Um, man, wish I could have faced one of them this week. Yeah, Dennison really squeezed one out there. He definitely didn't deserve that win. And, you know, it just goes to show, like we've been talking about, Lennon, you know, is essentially playing to what Lennon's team should be playing at. So, you know, no surprise there, but uh, a little concerned here for Dennison's team. On a side note, me and Dennison got really close to working out a trade here this week, and it pretty much fell through in the end. Uh, We couldn't come to agreement on a few minor details, so... Uh, but big shout out to Dennison. I felt I felt like him and I really uh, it was a very civil back and forth and, you know, uh, relationships between both organizations are still uh, in good standing. So, you know, there could be some sort of moves in the future and uh, just big shout out to him for, you know, it being a, a relatively civil conversation and trying to get something done here, even even despite the the, you know, uh, lack of outcome. Hey, I, I too was um, in the process of working on a deal with Dennis in this week. So I, I like that a lot that we actually have somebody in this league who is willing to negotiate and try to make a deal happen. Uh, it just seems that every week I find another person in the league that refuses to trade because they're scared of getting ripped off. <laughs> so the more people yeah. that are open to trading, the better. And I am definitely interested of what you guys might have had worked out there. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, felt like, you know, Tackett, Tackett and Caleb's matchup, no surprise there, 165 to 17. Tackett still remains undefeated. Caleb's team is really starting to struggle, uh, really starting to dissemble here. So uh, again, when we talk about needing to make a trade and him, you know, essentially refusing to trade. Uh, this is what happens, man. So uh, good luck. If you're not going to make any moves, you're in for just a you know rough rough stretch here. Exactly. And um, speaking of teams that have been seeking out that win, that long-awaited win, Carl got his first win this week against Nate. Good for him. Man, a, a matter of time. Um, but boy, he barely, he barely etched it out. I thought he was going to kill him by a long shot, but 125 to 109 ended up being a lot closer. Yeah, his team put up, uh, I mean, really, his team's been putting up the points. He's just getting, you know, really not catching any breaks with his matchups. And 
Uh, I think Nate's team's a little overrated as well. So uh, good for Carl here. Shout out to him for getting that first win. And a uh, pretty rough loss here for you, Derek. Oh, rough doesn't even begin to describe it. I, yes, I, I thought it was a Sherlock loss for me going into Sunday night football. I was, Andre Snyder tied, and he had A.J. Green and Odell Beckham left, and I had Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt put the team on the back, and I thought I might stand a chance. I was up by 18.7 going into Monday night. And lo and behold, Odell Beckham has his best game of the year. Yeah, I really liked, um, you know, what he what he did with um, – uh, I think I mentioned it in the last episode, kind of piecemealing that running back situation together. And uh, I thought it was a great move, obviously, with Marlon Mack paid off. Uh, again, I mentioned how you know I thought he was running extremely well and uh, there was potential for him to uh, put up some numbers. So, you know, great, great job by Andre throwing him in there and, and allowing him to put up 32 points. That, I mean, that was the difference maker. It was. It really was. And... Um... I, I got to say, this is probably the best game Marlon Mack will ever have. But uh, lucky for so. he's been running well, man. As long as he stays, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be he's going to be a good player. Really, thirty-two points, good. No, I don't think he's putting up thirty-two points every week. Uh, but I think he's a guy that, as long as he stays healthy, you can rely on. You know, based off of the fact that Andrew Luck is playing at the Andrew Luck level that he should be, and on top of that. Uh, I've watched the tape. I've, I've watched him, you know, now in, in two different games. And, you know, he's just he, – he's, he's, his, his ball carrier vision is great. Uh, he's seen between the tackles extremely well. And he has a nice passing game to complement what he's doing. So, you know, that's a healthy situation to be in. I expect Marlon Mack to, you know, continue to put up starting, starting running back numbers here. Interesting. Uh, I, guess, I guess we'll wait and see what happens moving forward. So – the, the last one we haven't hit on yet was Kuhar took home the win against Jimmy and uh, the old commish. His team has really fallen apart here as of late. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, when you look at this matchup between Kuhar and Jimmy, it's, um, you know, really similar situations, except for the fact that Kuhar pays no attention and Jimmy probably plays very close attention. <laughs> now the difference is, the difference is, you know, Kuhar is doing this, that, or the other, and uh, Jimmy is, you know, 12 beers in on a Saturday night uh, making, you know, ridiculous moves uh, to set his lineup for the following day. So, you know, I, I mean, I think it just comes down to, you know, setting your lineup when you're sober. Uh, I don't know how Jimmy's going to do that, though, uh, you know, just given who he is. So, Good luck, Jimmy. Uh, you might actually, and I'm in, I'm kind of in the same boat here. You know, my team's three and four as well. Uh, my running backs are super banged up, but uh, we got a lot of guys that follow the league pretty closely here that are on that three and four cusp. So this is, you know, going into this week, it's uh, it's it's really a crucial week for a lot of people here. Yeah, I mean, I was texting Jack before that Monday night game, and I was like, you know, I could if I lose. I'm in 10th place, but if I won, I would have jumped all the way to fifth place in the league. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. That's how close we all are at this point. 
Uh, big shout out to Caleb too for just listening to us and throwing in John Brown though. So uh, even though we lost, good job, you know, listening to us and and putting in a guy that we we strongly recommended there. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good for Caleb. He picked the right of the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> All three pass catchers, but you know that one hit. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, honestly, that, that if Justin Tucker would have made that extra point. Uh, we could be sitting here we're looking at John Brown's numbers and him having about 10 more points than he has right now. So uh, that game was had the potential to uh, even score a few more points. And unfortunately, uh, Justin Tucker, very uncharacteristic, ended the game uh, abruptly there. So Uncharacteristic, to say the least. He had never in his career missed an extra point. So that was crazy. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. All right, so why don't we why don't we go ahead and, and hit on the waiver wire here? Yeah, yeah, I'll do a quick wrap on this. I don't think there was a lot of notable action here. Let's see. I got to say this week was uh, pretty slim uh, as far as options out there out there goes. I mean, you know, just really at this point of the season, you know, what is it, week eight now, or are we going into week yeah, eight or week going nine? Into week eight. Yeah, so I mean, once you hit like week eight, the you know the the landmark free agency acquisitions are are pretty much long gone at this point. You're pretty much scraping the bottom of the barrel and just hoping that you have nice waiver priority uh, combined with the uh, potential for you know someone else someone to get hurt and you know a random player that probably isn't even that good to be out there in free agency and available. So, you know, we're kind of at that point where the marquee players are gone. Uh, there's still some notable options, though. I, I got I to at least hit on mine. So I dropped Tiki Kuti. You know, I just don't, I don't like how he has that hamstring issue. Uh, that, that's, that's really what held him out. Going into all the way up to the week that he made his debut. Uh, so I think he just has this hamstring thing that's lingering. I'm so sick of having these soft tissue injuries uh, for all the guys on my team. Like literally every single guy on my team has a fucking terrible hamstring. So um, that's super frustrating. But uh, I do like I do like adding Raheem Mostert. So and I don't even know if I'm saying his last name correctly, but in watching some of the tape from that game, felt like Mostert is running the ball well, and he is a great complement to that 49ers backfield. Alfred Morris is essentially non-existent, and you add that with the fact that Matt Breida is not really a guy that can handle a full workload or expected to stay healthy. I like the prospect of Raheem Mostert long-term, even if he doesn't, you know, give me RB2 numbers at least this week. How, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I mean, the two games he's played in, he's looked really strong. Um, not hard to look much better than Alfred Morris at this point. And I agree with you. Breda is often on the field. He was the one guy that had put up a dud for Andres against me, and he actually had negative 0.5 points. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Breda needs to be sat down and take some time off. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm looking at some of these other acquisitions. I'm not and... saying much. 
Well, one thing that pops out to me that could be sneaky, I don't know if he's going to be thrown into the starting lineup or not, but Danny Amendola getting added by, who is 10 AG? That is neat now. So Danny Amendola, you got a banged up Miami uh, wide receiver core. Uh, He's pretty much guaranteed volume. I think the question is just going to be, you know, what does he actually do with those five or six catches that he gets? Because, you know, Miami's offense really doesn't look like they're in a good position coming off of a, you know, going on a short week. Uh, With that being said, I mean, Amendola is, you know, a shifty little, um, you know, I forget what they call that position, like a rat receiver or whatever they want to call it. Uh, But he he pretty much plays that role. Um, But I actually, in talking about the Dolphins wide receivers core, uh, and I added this guy in my other league, Jakeem Grant, who Dennison added after waivers. Uh, I actually like Jakeem Grant to outplay Danny Amendola this week because of him filling that void of Albert Wilson. You know, Albert Wilson got hurt. Uh, Jakeem Grant is basically going to take and fill his role. So expect Grant to get all of the screen work. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if you know any of the stats or numbers on Jakeem Grant, but I think he is like 5'6 and 160 pounds. He's ridiculously small. But you get a guy like that in the screen game and you hit, uh, I I could see him going for a big touchdown like we saw earlier this season with the limited work that he got and, you know, catching a few more balls, you know, seeing him put up like a four for – 88 and a touchdown kind of game there. So I uh, really like the prospect of Jakeem Grant. I think he's actually going to outscore Danny, Danny Amendola here tomorrow evening. I think it's a risky proposition. Um, Danny Amendola, I think, is super, super safe. Um, but Jakeem Grant has the upside for sure. So I, I see where you're coming from there. And if, you, if, you're, if you're fucking with Jakeem Grant and Danny Amendola, it's, it's, you're desperate. So, I mean, it's a risky proposition, but if you're thinking about putting either of those two guys in your starting lineup right now, um, you pretty much have to. So, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nate's in a pretty bad spot. You know, uh, like we said at the beginning of the season, his entire receiving core is super, super injury prone. And uh, yeah. Lo and behold, here he is picking up Danny Amendola. So um, I actually want to hit on that, too. He also picked up Elijah McGuire. And this, to me, is Nate grasping at straws because I looked at his team today, and not only does he have Elijah McGuire, who's still on IR, mind you, he also is sitting on Deontay Foreman. So he is uh, (laughs) hoping for, I I don't even know, something good from – stashing backs <laughs> yeah it I, I, again i think his team is starting to show its true colors um had a good start but I, I do think he's starting to come back down to life here so uh any other notables from free agency uh no um ooh, there's one that i was envious of for all of 15 minutes jack picked up Cortland sutton um, I thought that was yeah. a fantastic move because I think the day before there were rumors that Demarius Thomas could be traded. So, but I remember I refreshed my little, my feed, my NFL feed. And right after I saw he picked up Sutton, it updated. It said Demarius Thomas is like 95% sure not to be traded. So 
I felt fine about that then. Yeah, I mean Sutton. Sutton's a um, you know good player regardless. Uh, he's just if Demarius Thomas stays on the team, like you know, he's he's just not going to see the volume for a guy that you can confidently play. So uh, I think it was a you know it was kind of just like a speculative play. Like, hey, I'll add him and hopefully right. Demarius Thomas gets traded because if that does happen, Cortland Sutton is a really good player. So. Um, yeah, it was a good move, but you know I could see him dropping him before even the game start on Sunday as well. So we'll see what happens with that. And then lastly, just um, I do like uh, I think this is kind of a sneaky move as well. Uh, I like the idea of Jimmy going out and adding Tyrell Williams. If you look at Tyrell Williams' numbers, they're they're actually pretty sneaky and. He, he, everyone thought going into the season that Mike Williams was going to be the guy that uh, really took that spot. And Tyrell Williams is still kind of just a, a thorn in, and you know, really rely on every single week. But uh, I think he's certainly someone who's, who's got some upside. And when you look at it, you look at his and. You know, Tennessee four for one eighteen and touchdown. Cleveland three for one eighteen and two touchdowns. Oakland, San Francisco only three catches, but forty eight and sixty six. So, um, you know, the, the first couple games obviously didn't perform as well, but always the first couple weeks teams are trying to figure themselves out. I feel like they've settled in with Tyrell Williams being a guy that's going to get, you know, five, six, seven targets a week. So. Um, I think that's actually a sneaky move and a guy that, you know, if you're desperate, you can feel pretty good about throwing in there into your starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, um, Tyrell is someone I've flirted with adding to my roster since week one, and it's just been kind of inconsistent. The last two weeks, it looks really good because he's had over 100 yards. He's had a touchdown in each. But the last two weeks, I think it was only four targets, and that kind of concerns me. But – I think it's a good ad. He's somebody who could blow up, especially if Keenan Allen or Mike Williams go down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and and we've been talking about it. Keenan Allen is certainly a guy. I don't know if you got to catch any of what happened in that Chargers game. Yes. um, There was one point where Rivers tried hitting Mike Williams in the end zone and missed. And they, you know, pretty much zoomed in on uh, Keenan Allen right after the play on the sideline and just absolutely furious. And then they had Rivers going over and talking to him. But he was it was very clear in my eyes that he was upset that he didn't get the ball thrown his way. And I just feel like there's some tension there. So I don't know if Rivers is just not connecting with him well or he, he's not vibing with him completely, but there's something going on there and, um, I just worry. I just worry in a number of different levels about you know Keenan Allen uh, moving forward, and as we as we get down the stretch here. So, a hundred percent. And when you watch the replay, the reason he's so upset is because Keenan Allen was wide open on the right side yeah, of the was. end zone. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with him and Rivers, but Keenan has not been Keenan this year, or maybe he just hasn't put up the production. Maybe he's been himself. But um, I, I'm concerned about that, too. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys that could be fed the ball there. There's a lot of different skill sets. 
And it's not the same Chargers team it was two, three years ago where they're being forced to feed the same guy. There's a lot of talented players there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, hop into uh, just looking at the uh, matchups for uh, this week here. So do we want to go ahead and start with me and Dennison, I'm assuming? Yeah, let's jump right into that one. All right, cool. Uh, so, again, kind of interesting because me and Dennison were talking about working out a trade, you know, despite us even playing each other this week. Maybe that even has some something to do with it. I really don't think it did, though, when we were kind of just going into our trade talks. Um, but looking at the matchup here, so Bilal Powell, and this goes into Eli McGuire getting picked up, obviously, with Nate. Um, Bilal Powell is out with a neck injury, possibly career ending, which, uh, helps out. So if anyone hasn't been following my team, I have Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette. Uh, so just complete, uh, an utter disaster in the sense that, you know, my top, my top two picks are now out with hamstring problems, super frustrating. And I now have to piece my old backfield together. So I have Isaiah Crowell, and I've got Raheem Mostert. I'm throwing him in there over Frank Gore. I feel like Mostert's got higher upside. Uh, I actually don't feel terrible about this, considering Mostert's going up against Arizona. Their run defense is awful. Their offense uh, looks extremely dysfunctional. So I actually feel good about Mostert. I, even though Crowell is projected at 12 points, I don't expect him to put up more than 10 uh, but what I do feel good about is the fact that I've got Russell Wilson back. I've got David and Joke, who I've got all my receivers full strength. And I actually feel pretty good even about C.J. Beathard in my OP spot. So should be an interesting matchup. Uh, although when I look at Dennison's team, uh, he's got a pretty interesting team here in the sense that, you know, Joe Mixon should be expected to go off. Uh, I really have no idea what's going to happen with James Conner here against Cleveland. Uh, but, you know, he's got pretty good receivers as well. Well, how do you feel about just looking at this overall matchup? I mean, you know, according to the uh, projections line, Dennison is supposed to severely outscore me. Yeah, I think Dennison's got the upper hand for sure. Um, his matchups are really strong. And your running back core is, is struggling. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with the projections to a degree. I do think Dennison's got this one. So I think it's funny because I actually disagree. And this is so it's, – it's ironic because last week we were in the same exact boat going the other way where I think you felt like the matchup was going to be a lot closer here with Jack. I feel like this is going to be a close matchup. But I, in my opinion, I actually think that um, I can go ahead and, and pull out a victory. I think Tyreek Hill is just going to go off. Uh, I feel like Mostert's going to put up a big game. I, I think both my quarterbacks are going to put up great numbers. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking at it. I, I do think that I, I have a legit shot here. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to be a close game, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, whatever Russell Wilson does, you know, I, I got to think some of that production is going to go to Baldwin, who he's got. So I think that's what's potentially going to hurt you the most. You would think so, but um, I'm pretty sure there was a game earlier this week 
where earlier earlier this year where I want to say I don't know if it was against Arizona or who it was against. Maybe it was the I think it was actually maybe the Rams. Um, it was. But I felt like Doug Ball. There, there is there is a chance that Russell Wilson could have a great game, and Doug Baldwin not see that production. Uh, you're seeing some of these other wide receivers step up. I think the one guy's name is David Moore. I mean, I don't even know these guys' names, but David Moore, I want to say. And then um, Tyler Lockett's turning into more of a reliable option. You've got uh, the running backs coming out of the backfield. We'll see what happens. But, you know, coming off of a bye week, uh, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, yeah, maybe Doug Baldwin puts up 10 points in a full PPR. But if Russell Wilson puts up 30, I can live with that. So. Yeah, Russell putting up 30, that's, I don't know, that seems lofty for how he's been so far, but hopefully for you, for your sake, coming out of the bye, they're going to start clicking, so we'll see. Playing Detroit, man, that it, it definitely can happen, and Russell Wilson, you know, plays well in a dome environment, so. They, they, um, they made a great trade today, Detroit did. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, I, I've worked with a bunch of Giants fans, so. Um, they were all extremely upset about, you know, what happened there. And, uh, you know, to get Snacks Harrison for a fifth-round pick is just like you – know, I mean, he, he, does a, he does have a big contract, but, you know, it's just like giving him away. So uh, that, that was a good move. But, you know, I, I would also figure that he's not going to get a full snap count just because they have to work him into their new defensive scheme. And um, he'll play, but, you know, it's also going to be something where – He's got to get worked into the rotation. So uh, I, I don't see him be coming in and just completely wrecking, you know, week one. So Yeah, well, he definitely shores up the run defense now. Um, he's top three defensive tackles in run defense. So Yeah, um, yeah, he's good. Yeah. It's definitely an upgrade. Definitely, definitely a good get for them. And you said something um, about Arizona a second ago. So I was keeping track of this, and I wanted to throw this out there. Last week. When we started talking about the – what was that, the Monday or Thursday night game when Arizona played? That was Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, that was on Thursday. Yeah. yeah, so we talked about how a smart individual would run the ball a ton against the Broncos. And I, I said Car- – Back of the numbers – threw the ball 39 times total of twice. Hey Derek, you're kind of breaking up there a little bit. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you heard that, but we thought there were 40 times like idiots and they threw it 39 times. Only ran the ball 20 times. So they're pretty good at doing anything wrong. Um, Derek, I'm, it's really kind of cutting in and out. Um, I'm going to just give you a quick call back here, all right? Yes, sounds good. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm hearing you now well. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened there, but it just kind of went in and out for a second. Um, let's let's try to reconnect. Because making... okay. it keeps cutting it, yeah. All right. 
So yeah, what I'm saying is is basically that we thought the Cardinals were just going to do exactly what they should not do against the Broncos and throw the ball a lot because the Broncos' weakness is their run defense. And basically that's exactly what they did is they they threw the ball 39 times and only ran it 20 times. And not only that, but David Johnson, I watched the whole game. He ran up the middle between the entire, between the tackles the whole game. Like they never did any outside rushes, which is a complete misutilization of his skill set. Yeah. It's it's honestly mind blowing. Like, you know, and I, I didn't they fire the offensive coordinator after the game? Yep, the next day. <laughs> Good. I mean, probably because they listened to our podcast and realized that the fantasy football bros were smarter than the actual offensive coordinator and the game plan going into that game. I mean, they literally threw a pick six. It was like either the first or the second play of that game. Unbelievable. And, you know, if someone like if, – if me and you – can predict and and have better analysis and understand what kind of game plan they should be going into that game better than that the coaches can like that's a problem and they yeah, should really true. be calling us to just go ahead and, and hire us for that offensive coordinator spot and you and i can just coexist as as the offensive coordinator for the team and probably drop a better game plan like absolutely i'm serious yeah, and look, I mean, we'll take a pay cut. Like, I'll <laughs> gladly do it for five hundred grand a piece. Like, just pay us a combined total of a million dollars. We'll run the offense for the rest of the season, and we'll probably can put out better results. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's not hard to do a better job than they are. Um, they're they're just not seeing their own team's strength and weaknesses, which is unbelievable to me that you and I sat here and talked about that game in depth. And we saw exactly what they needed to do, and they didn't do it. <laughs> sad. It's truly sad. Um, yes. All right. So let's go ahead and move on from me and Dennison's matchup. Let's hit on Kuhar and Tackett here. Okay. Um, so I'm just pulling it. All right. It looks like. Uh, projected to win the game uh no surprise there all right yeah (laughs) connectivity issues everyone so bear with us we apologize hopefully um that was the last of our our problems here uh just going back into uh kuhar and tackett's matchup though uh you know i mean he, he he looks he's looking pretty good he's sitting pretty Tyler Lockett's probably the only questionable play there, but I mean, we even just talked about him before how, you know, he's, he's doing fairly decent. So uh, do you see any chance for, for Kuhar to take down Tackett here, Derek? I do not. Um, Kuhar's having troubles with receivers right now. And honestly, besides that, he's got a pretty strong team, I'd say in it's, I, I still am kind of in disbelief that Tackett's team is 7-0, and but, like, him and Jack are annihilating all of us. Like, they are so far ahead of the rest of the league. It's unbelievable. And, yeah, I, I honestly, it's um, Mahomes and Thielen. He's got them both. So, that's 
That's well, he's getting great OP play out of that quarterback spot too. Just even throwing in Trubisky and Roethlisberger, like he, he's just you know hitting. He's he's just hitting all the right buttons. Like everything's going right for him. Uh, yeah, I feel like everyone kind of runs into some challenges at some point in the season. So you know, hopefully he's not you know peaking in the wrong spot of the season. But um, he, he's he's looking pretty nice. And I don't Kuhar's got some high floor players, but you know, besides Saquon, like the rest of this team is just kind of, it's just kind of decent. It's scrappy. It's a team that can show up one week and and completely shit the bed the next. So, yeah, he's got a lot of bye weeks um, this week as well. So that hurts him. Julio's on a bye. So, yeah, yeah. So I I I I actually see Tackett just rolling to eight and zero and rolling with Mahomes. Uh, agreed. I'm taking Tackett in this one. All right. How about we move on to – we're going to go back to your your matchup and Jimmy's matchup when we have him on. Uh, let's look at Caleb and Lennon's matchup here, though. Uh, and when I look at this, Lennon is truly the heavy, heavy favorite here. Uh, and rightfully yeah. so – I mean, his Caleb's running back situation is just awful. Yes, and oh, and he had Bilal Powell too. So uh, <laughs> another nail in his coffin. Yeah, I mean, he just he needs to trade. Like he needs to. Honestly, I would be shopping John Brown right now. Um, I mean, I know he's like the one bright spot in his team, but you could get a legit running back for John Brown right now, and. I don't really see John Brown letting up either. So if someone were to trade away a pretty good running back for him, like I don't think that's a bad move. Uh, so I'd probably be shopping him right now and holding on to Devontae Adams. Uh, but you're in a pretty bad spot here, Caleb, if you don't make a trade. And, I mean, Lennon's team, he's obviously got Antonio Brown, but and James White really are the two players that highlight his team, but the rest is Cooper Cup. I guess is coming back from that. Is he coming back this week or what? I, I don't know. Is. I think it's up in the air still. I think he's questionable, but I think he's gonna. I think he's probably gonna play. Although, who knows how how much he's being used? Um, oh, it says so on when his, I look at his Lennon, thing is doubtful. What's that? Says McVeigh is calling him doubtful for this week. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so that's news to me. Um, that's interesting, but um, that, it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, Caleb's team could put up some numbers here, and considering how bad Lennon's team is, like Caleb's got a shot. Definitely. Uh, but we're talking about the toilet bowl here. We're just talking about two bad teams. So these are the two worst teams right here. You think so? Definitely. I think Caleb, 100%. And, yeah, Lennon. I mean, whew. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, I, I think looking at it, I would probably put Lennon's team just slightly above Caleb's here. Yes. I think Caleb is a clear-cut bottom team in the league. Um. But yeah, right, right next to him, I, I have to think Lennon's got to be there. But then again, when you look at his team, when he's got Cooper Cup healthy, then he's rolling out Antonio Brown, Cooper Cup, and um, 
Sammy Watkins or or Kenny Galladay. So that's not too bad. But he he's hurting it running yeah. back too. So I don't know. That's a lot of time hanging out in the toilet here. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Lennon in that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Oh, I'm going to go back through and mark out who we're taking here. Um, so we're, we, we, we decided that for everyone listening, decided that we're going to go through from week to week. I know we're starting literally midway through the fantasy season, but uh, we're going to walk through week to week and just go ahead and um, start start predicting who's going to win which game and actually keep track of it. So uh, we're just going to, real quick, let's recap some of the matchups. We're, we're not even going to recap. can win each matchup. So uh, going back, I think I'm going to beat Dennison, and it sounds like you think Dennison's going to beat me. Fair to say? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we both here, I'm going to, I'm just going to type this or write this down here on a little word document while, uh, while we're doing this. Um, Sounds like both of us are taking Tackett over Kuhar. Uh, yes. Okay. And then I think we're both taking Lennon over Caleb. Yep. I, I am in agreement with that here. Okay. So um, I was writing them down. So ah, gotcha. Uh, Caleb and Caleb and Lennon, and we both think Lennon. Mm-hmm. All right. So really, we only differ so far between me and Dennison's matchup. And that's obviously some of my bias coming in because you know it's my team. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Andres and Carl here, five and two versus one and six. Yep. This yep. is an interesting one because. Andres' team is pretty good now. Um, but, you know, when I look at it, like, I do think that Yeldon, I think that you Carl. Um, but I would probably, like, if I were Carl, I'm not playing TJ Yeldon against the, against the Eagles, especially considering – you know, the addition of Carlos Hyde. So probably putting Phil Lindsay in that spot there and likely putting in Latavius Murray in my OP spot when I'm looking at his team. Uh, I don't think I can stomach playing Derek Anderson over Latavius Murray in that OP spot. And I like Latavius Murray over Alex Collins as well. Alex Collins has got a tough matchup against the Panthers run defense. Yeah, um, man, Carl is frustrating me, man. I've been trying to trade for Latavius Murray for a long time now, and uh, he told me that he is just like Caleb, that he's too scared to get trade raped, so he's not going to make any trades, which is infuriating. Um, so, yeah, I'm sitting without my uh, my handcuff that I desperately need.
All right, I lost you there again. Yeah, we're having some connectivity issues here tonight. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I think you're just – where we cut off here is you were talking about how you desperately need Latavius Murray, and um, you're, you're kind of in a tight spot here with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah, and, and what I was just saying is if, if he's not going to trade him to me, then just use him, Carl. <laughs> like, he's benched him almost every week, and it's made zero sense. So – if if you're not going to play him when he's the starting running back, trade him to me, goddammit. Otherwise, use him. That's all I got to say. Well, here, here's the problem. He listened to you, not me. Uh, we very, you know, when we talked about this here last week, I very confidently said and felt that Latavius Murray was the best handcuff in fantasy. <laughs> And one week later, everyone seems to now agree with me. Surprise, surprise. Oh, okay. Uh, TJ Yeldon, oh, man, he's, he's a great handcuff. He's so good that they had to go out and trade for Carlos Hyde midway through the week. So, you know, again, I just uh, it, it just goes to show that, you know, you got to listen to me when it comes to this kind of analysis, especially when it comes to my Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. And... Uh, if you start T.J. Yeldon over Latavius Murray this week, you are just absolutely out of your mind. Um, so, PSA to Carl here. Start Latavius Murray. Start him. Don't hesitate. Start Latavius Murray. You should be starting both of them. LaShawn McCoy should not be in the lineup. Uh I would not play TJ Yeldon over Sean McCoy this week. I think McCoy's got a head injury. I would actually – so in my two running back spots, I'd be putting Latavius Murray and Phil Lindsay in there. Uh, if LaShawn McCoy can't play, I would actually – I wouldn't – I still wouldn't play TJ Yeldon. I would play um, – I would go with either Alex Collins or look in the free agency for someone to play. Uh, I'm not, I'm not messing with TJ Elden. Like he's not going to get you any points. Like he's just Carlos Hyde is over him on the debt chart, like almost automatically. So you don't go out and trade for Carlos Hyde to not use him. And there's a reason why they traded for Hyde. And it's because TJ Elden is just, he's not grading out. Like when I mean grading out, when you look at the film, he's not hitting, he's not hitting the, the gaps the right way. He's not responding the right way. He's not, He's not doing the things that coaches are asking him to do, and he's not getting those 90% or higher grades when they go in the day after and look at look at the film. So, you know, again, when I, when I talk about this and say that I just don't think T.J. Eldon is that good of a player, he's not that good of a player. And he got production for a couple weeks, and he had some fantasy relevance, but he wasn't going to sustain or hold up long term, and now we're seeing that. Yeah, I mean, I said it once and I'll say it again. You don't have to be great at football to put up great numbers in fantasy. And I still believe that if Carlos Hyde was not traded there, that I would still take TJ Yeldon or Latavius Murray as the handcuff, the top handcuff, because I think their offense is a better one to work out of. And his stat line shows it, too. He's got productive numbers every week. He's been there. So... I still think that he would be better if it wasn't for that trade for Carlos Hyde. No. I mean, you saw it last week. Like, 
Latavius Murray is in a much better situation. You know, we talk about, you know, being in a good situation. Latavius Murray's in a better situation. Like, I'm actually really surprised that you feel so strongly about this because, uh, you know, just Latavius Murray's got everything going for him so much more than TJ Yeldon. Uh, and by the time Dalvin Cook comes back, uh, whenever that might be, that's pretty much going to be the same time that Leonard Fournette comes back as well. So we'll probably be able to wrap up the argument by the time that happens here. Well, I mean, I think it's going to go as an unfinished argument because of that trade. I mean, but when you look at their numbers, like we're talking fantasy, not skill set. Skill set, yes, I agree with you. Latavius is better. I'm talking fantasy as well. I think skill set has a correlation when it comes to fantasy because – you know, in the long term, like there's a lot of volatility when you aren't when you're not that good of a player. Things can happen like the Carlos Hyde trade. Things can happen like all of a sudden the third string running back just jumps you on the depth chart and gets more work. Things can happen when you're just not that good of a player, even if you're fantasy relevant for a few weeks. Whereas a guy like Latavius Murray, he's their belt like he is the, the train like he is part of the backbone of that team and he has he he has cemented his presence on that team as that RB2 and the guy that can step in and be an RB1 when they need him. So there's a big difference between a guy like Latavius Murray and TJ Yeldon and you're starting to see that. I will continue to disagree with you. Look at their numbers right. side by side. Latavius Murray, okay, for instance, Latavius Murray played the Jets this week, 22.3 points. And that's on the back of, I believe, two touchdowns. Uh, TJ yep. Yeldon, when he played the Jets, 23 points. I mean, they're almost identical. His is a little bit better. I mean, look at the season stats. I mean, all the way through, TJ Yeldon has been better and more consistent. I just – and and Latavius Murray's two great games back-to-back are the Jets in Arizona, two teams that have been getting pounded. I just, I don't. When you're talking, when you're talking season long, Murray is the more reliable player, and you know we're we're gonna go in circles with this, uh, <laughs> but we can just agree to disagree All right. on this one. All right, we will, we will. All right, so who do you who do you got here between this matchup, Andres or or uh, Carl here? Um, I'm gonna take Carl. Uh. I'm going to switch it up, and I love Marlon Mack, especially against the Raiders. Uh, I think Odell makes uh, Josh Norman his son uh, this week. And, uh, you know, you got Julian Edelman and A.J. Green, Kyle Rudolph against the Saints. You know, he's got two two quarterbacks going. So uh, I feel pretty good about Andres here this week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping it goes the other way. I, I want to see Carl take two in a row, but uh, his quarterback situation is always rough. So we'll see. I'm I'm still putting it on, on Carl, even though I don't I don't have 100 percent confidence in it. All right, let's move on to Nate and Jack here. Do we think that Nate stands a chance against Jack? No. Nate is on a <laughs> downward spiral, and uh, Jack's the best team in the league, even though his record doesn't reflect that he's the best team in the league. 
So I'm looking at I'm looking at the lineup here, and it looks like Jack currently has two tight ends. He's rolling out Kittle and Kelsey here. <laughs> um, he doesn't really have a choice. I mean, unless he wants to play Cortland Sutton, uh, because Matt Ryan's on a bye. But I Jack's team is so scary because you know then when you look at it, uh, I just got logged out of my ESPN. Um, but when you look at it, like Amari Cooper's coming back on the Cowboys, just real quick here, Derek, how do you feel about Amari Cooper going to the Cowboys? Do you think that upgrades his, his status or do you think it's actually a downgrade? I think it is either a lateral move or worse. Honestly, I do definitely don't think it helps. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, like, the good thing is that he's going to get some time at least over the course of the bye week to uh, develop some chemistry here with Dak. Not that a full week and a half is going to, you know, essentially get you to the point that you need to be with a uh, with your quarterback. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just a little – uh, I think it's a it's a slight upgrade, uh, and I, I think it only helps Jack's team. Uh, I don't think so. I think that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, and and um, the Raiders have a much worse defense than the Cowboys, equally more shootouts. Um, so for those reasons, I I think he would have been better off fantasy wise on the Raiders, but who knows. Maybe he'll learn to stop yeah. dropping balls here. I got I got to bite my words though on Jack's wide receivers. They've been pretty stellar, and um, I was kind of I was kind of you know beaten down on Brandon Cooks kind of being a boomer bust player, and that really hasn't been. All right, third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, uh, Brandon Cooks. I mean, you know, just just a lot better than. I initially expected and a lot more reliable uh, is really what I was getting at there. Yeah. I mean, his receivers have really uh, proven us wrong. They've, they've, they've been pretty consistent. So besides Amari Cooper. So, I mean, his team, I talked to him about it earlier this week and I was like, <laughs> I don't know why you would trade at all at this point. You have so much depth. You have such a strong team. You just sit on that and ride it to the playoffs. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense to run any trades uh, just because you're only going to mess your team up by trading. So, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So how about we go ahead and add, add Jimmy here and break down you uh, uh, Jimmy's Jimmy and your, your matchups here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, give Jimmy a call. All right, cool. And I am proud to introduce to everybody the one and only commissioner, Jimbo Slice Costin. How's it going, Jimmy? Welcome, Jimmy. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> oh, you know, it's going well. Activity issues. <laughs> Excited to have you on here. Excited to be on. Really it's been am. A long time, man. Haven't spoken to you in a while. Jimmy, hello. He doesn't want to speak to you either, Mark. <laughs> yeah, fuck you too. 
<laughs> Jimmy. Um, right. Jimmy. Oh, I'm here. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, there we go. All, All right, right, cool. So we uh, we're working on our matchups here, and we had just gotten to yours and mine. Um, and we're getting ready to break that down. We figured we'd invite you in to, to help with that. Oh, geez. You, you don't have to do that, man. It's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, I'm, I'm looking uh, – I'm just looking at your, your lineup here. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm a little concerned in the sense that you know, I, I I don't have a, a big chub for chub, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. Uh, I'm concerned about his matchup against Pittsburgh. You think Nick Chubb is gonna gonna come and perform here? I'm a I'm a Browns fan, so I really hope so. I love when uh, Chubb gets in chubby on Sundays. <laughs> it's the best time I ever get hard and everything like that. But uh, I, I'm not very I don't know. I think the Browns are going to, you know, do well, stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think um, I think it would be appropriate if you just went ahead and changed your team name and incorporated Nick Chubb in some capacity. You have how, how do you feel about doing that? I actually uh, I think it's a great idea, to be honest with you. I actually have to think about this now and make sure it's classy – and funny at the same time, like uh, wearing a tuxedo shirt, you know. <laughs> Commissioner Talking Hatch. about Chubbs and being classy, that's kind of that's kind of hard to hard to mix there. But if anyone can do it, I think the the, the champion commissioner can here. So, Jimmy, the the real issue I see with your team is the lack of Kalen Balage. Uh, what happened there, man? Decided he wasn't good enough for the old champion commission now. I. Jimmy? <laughs> my bad. There you go. You're back. Yeah, my bad. I'd, uh, I did drop him there for uh, for Chubb there a while back, last week. Yeah. I what mean, was our over-under, Derek, on how long he would keep Balazs? I said end of season. Um, I think you started it at the end of the week two show. So, <laughs> so it was wow. definitely the over. <laughs> well, I, I I felt like that held pretty long there. Uh, so kudos to you for finding a way to basically just set a bench spot on fire for seven weeks. Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad. I feel like as soon as I dropped it, I started losing games. So I might have to pick him back up. So good luck charm. Yeah, Jimmy, come on now. You had him through week through last week. You didn't start losing games because of him. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, on a more on a more serious note here, uh, I give Derek a hard time because you know Chris Godwin, my guy, been talking yeah, about yeah. I love him for for quite some time, and uh, I mean you didn't play Chris Godwin last week. I think I even told you on the show last week that you should be over Allen Robinson and it would have made a whole lot of sense. And I still don't know if you would have won, but it would have been within like, like less One than point. a point. If you would have played Chris Godwin. 
Uh, I don't know, man. And then it doesn't even look like you're gonna you're gonna throw him in over Allen Robinson this week either. Oh, I haven't I haven't made my mind up yet. But um, I switched up my lineup three times on Sunday morning, and every time was switching Chris Godwin in for Allen Robinson, and I settled on Allen Robinson. It was the wrong choice, and I cannot tell you how relieved I was when Allen when uh, Odell scored that garbage time touchdown, so that <laughs> it was enough to make me feel okay. I would have lost either way because <laughs> if I lost because I played Robinson over Godwin, that would have been embarrassing. Well, we lost Jimmy here, so I gotta restart it. Hold on. Ah, here he is. Oh, I'm right here. Oh, you are okay. I don't know yep. why it's only saying two. Very odd. Um, all kinds of weird issues going on with, with, um, anchor here. Uh, we're gonna have to shoot an email to anchor support because this is unacceptable. It is. Apologies Uh, to all of our listeners. This is probably getting pretty annoying now, (laughs) especially for the amount of work that Derek put in and into like, you know, some of the intros and outros and everything else for, for this to be happening on the one episode that probably put the most work into it's, it's pretty frustrating. I hope it doesn't put a damper on it. We'll see. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, and just looking at it here, Jimmy, how do you feel about Sterling Shepard in this game? I mean, he's like low key been a uh, decent wide receiver too here. You think, uh, you think he can put up some numbers this week? Uh, it really depends on Eli Manning. Let's be honest right now. Uh, my whole season kind of depends on, uh, I don't know, my whole season, but you know, Eli Manning's just, it's hit or miss here, but it's kind of nice, though, because I feel a lot of attention goes to Odell Beckham Jr., and Stelly Shepard kind of gets the, the leftovers, which really helps me out a lot here. So I do I do, I do, do like Sterling Shepard. I've been a high on him, too, the whole season like you have been, Mark, and it's been a it's been a great year for me riding those uh, wide receiver twos on every single team. I uh, <laughs> wide receiver two on their team, so it's been fun. That is funny. My, and- my- now you have a wide receiver one in Jordy Nelson. <laughs> that that is true too. I don't know how I went. I feel I have to trade him now for a wide receiver two to keep the trend going. Probably should. <laughs> I mean, Robert Woods is fantastic. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Jordy Nelson. You know, I, I know we strung together a couple of good weeks, but um, this Raiders offense just sounds like it's going downhill, and uh, I. I, I I'm a little concerned about Jordy Nelson here, but I do think actually Funches is a guy that you could consider playing over Jordy this week. I I think so too. I think it's just very – I mean, Cam Newton kind of scares you sometimes because you have the typical Cam Newton game where he runs for – you know, throws one touchdown pass to, uh, to his tight end or something like that and then runs for two and he doesn't really throw much and it's just – or he throws for three touchdowns. It's just very – Hair and miss with Cam Newton, so it's always very uh, fun game playing that uh, little little Devils kind of game. Yeah. The other problem you have with Funches is that he's going up against the Baltimore cornerbacks. They're they've been graded out as cornerbacks in the entire league. Uh, the other area of consideration, at least for this week, though, is Marquise Goodwin going up against Arizona. And I'm not saying that if I mean if he's locked up against Matt Patrick Peterson. Um, don't feel good about it, but if Patrick Peterson gets traded, or I don't know if he has been traded or what the deal is, but it might be a situation for you, Jimmy, to monitor that if Peterson does get moved, uh, you know, great opportunity here for money. 
Oh, yeah, but at the same time, Pierce might be trying to make a statement game too, try to get the most trade bait and try to get moved too as well. It could work either way with him trying to get moved. Yeah, so I, I don't think Pat Pete's getting traded. He kind of rebuttaled his comments that he made before about demanding a trade and now says that uh, his primary goal is to help the team in any way he can. And everybody has said he's not getting moved. So it's, it's really starting to look that way. Uh, just one, one last note here, and this is more of a long-term uh, question here for you, Jimmy, but uh, once Zeke comes off the bye, who do you think you're going to be playing, Chris, uh, Chris Carson or Nick Chubb? Because I got to imagine you're going to want to play Brady and Watson every week. Uh, but who, who, who gets the out, Chris Carson or Nick Chubb here, especially if you change your team name to Nick Chubb? <laughs> well, Chris Carson's been having injury issues this whole year too as well. And uh, he's been, you know, in and out of the games. And I think that this is the year Nick Chubb kind of blows up. I'm going like to – like almost a Payne Hillis kind of year. And I, I think I'm going to stick with Chubb because I'm a Browns fan. I love Chubbies. And, man, it's going to be a good year for the Browns. Go Browns, bless them. Good year for the Browns. Hmm. I don't know about a. I don't know about a good year in in the sense of how many overtime games they've had and how many they've uh, completely fucked themselves in the ass with. Well, hopefully Jimmy's team team keeps uh, chubbing along. Uh, <laughs> you're in a decent spot because there's a lot of three and four teams, but. Um, this is really like a defining moment of the season. You know, Jimmy, you're three and four. Derek, you're two and five. I mean, Derek, you really can't afford to lose another game here. And it's not a good, you know, I mean, if Jimmy loses another game too, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be in a good spot considering where your team's at and some of your bye weeks. But um, this is a pretty pivotal moment, I think, in the season and, and probably – one of the most crucial matchups of the entire week here. I got to say though, and just looking at it, uh, I feel pretty good about Derek's Derek's chances here and winning this game. As long as he doesn't make any kind of uh, outlandish, you know, uh, starting lineup moves here uh, over the next couple of days. Yeah. Barring a, a big time trade, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I feel pretty good about Kareem Hunt. You know, going against that Denver run defense that we talked about. Right. Uh, Andrew Luck to T.Y. Hilton uh, chemistry against the Oakland Raiders pass defense. Uh, that And Stephon Diggs against New Orleans. Like, you know, we all know what happened with Stephon Diggs last time he played <laughs> in New Orleans. So, uh, it, it, it's looking pretty bright here for, for, for Derek. Yeah, and if you watched that Sunday night football game with Kareem Hunt uh, last week, oh, my God. I mean, he's he's an animal. He's an absolute beast. And I'm so glad I didn't trade him when I was 0-4. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have gave you Melvin Gordon for Kareem Hunt right now. <laughs> hey, man, I asked you. You said no. Um, all right. So, and Jimmy, we have been picking our, uh, our, our matchups here. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that Derek's team is, is going to win here this week. I, I will also pick Derek's team. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'm trying to win at least one one matchup this week. I'm also playing in the other league, too, 
and I'm uh, I think I'm gonna beat him in the other league as well at the IDP league. Wait, we're playing. We're playing each other in that one too. Yeah, you're gonna get your ass kicked in that one, bud, for sure. Oh, dude, you no, no, I'm rising up the rankings there on the back of Derek. Have you looked? Have you looked at my team, bud? (laughs) Um, I I saw you're like the top scoring in the league right now. I have Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Adam Thielen. Um, Oh shit. I was going to stop right there, but that's just safe. <laughs> I think I'm fine. I don't know, man. It's all about them IDP players, that one. So, oh, Jimmy I think basically I'm... came on here to brag about his team in his other league. Pretty much. No, no, no. Yeah, no, kind of, maybe. <laughs> no, we'll go back to the Jonda League. We're all good. I suck at Jonda League right now. But we're fine. I'm going to win this week. Hopefully. Probably not. All right. Jimmy, so, we me in that one, by the way. Total domination? That's Denison. Oh. <laughs> Same thing. Whatever. Oh, whatever. It's a D is D, you know. <laughs> Are you over under the number of beers that you've had here tonight, Jimmy? What? Over under what? Over under the number of beers that you've had tonight. Are you guessing or am I guessing? Because I know how many beers I've had. I'm asking. I'm gonna say four is the over under. Oh my god, it? it's it's eight. I'm doing over under eight. Twelve ounce or sixteen ounce? Twelve. Let's just do twelve. Yeah. Uh, one, two. Seven. I like how Jimmy's counting the number of ounces here. <laughs> like a champion. Twelve ounce and sixteen ounce beers. So I've had two twelve ounce Budweisers, and I just finished my fifth uh, Bud Light sixteen ounce beer. So. <laughs> I'm right. Over eight now. Speaking of Jimmy drinking, Jimmy, I am stoked to no? see you this weekend. Okay. All right. Hold on, guys. I'm going to call you back. All right. All right. Um, so this has been Yo. pretty Pretty, pretty much a fucked podcast here. Um, I was in our, our communal uh, library that we have in our building, and I basically got kicked out. So uh, this podcast has been pretty fucked from the beginning, but uh, <laughs> definitely want to try and power our way through this here and, and make sure uh, and make sure we give Jimmy his, uh, his due diligence. I'm actually standing currently outside right now in the cold gonna bear it through because this we are the fantasy football bros and we will we, we make it through things like we're, we're we're pretty tough when it comes to get tra- battling through adversity here so like a champion yeah like a champion sitting outside with my fucking computer um all right so let's let's just go ahead and hit on um there's a lot of questions and voicemails here uh from caleb from andres the league has a lot of questions, really, even some grievances for you, Jimmy. So, um, we've got we've a couple things to, to get through here, and I think it's a good opportunity for you, Jimmy, to really just you know, uh, let your voice be heard and you know, kind of have the you know, to let everyone know that we're all in this together and. Yeah, I don't think it, it's your intention to make our lives more difficult for imposing the rules that you do when it comes to fantasy, but it's really all about, you know, holding the integrity of the league. Do you have anything to add to that before we hop into these? 
Um, I actually can say I try to do what's best for a league, uh, keep us very unique at the same time, and uh, make us a fun league for everyone. Uh, we're very flexible, and I, uh, I agree we're kind of a little behind the times with some things like waiver wires and two QBs, but, you know, um, some of the stuff makes us unique at the same time. Uh, we're, uh, we're all willing to move towards the future and uh, change things up for the better as well. Yeah, I mean, this, this league's been all about evolving. I mean, we've done everything here. We've done an IDP. We've done uh, coaches at one point. We did punters at one point. I mean, it, we, it, there's nothing we haven't tried in this league. And we've slowly shifted into something consistent. And um, I, I can I already know that one of the questions is going to be about two quarterbacks, so I'll let you address it then. But I have a feeling that's the next thing. So let's just um, – so. Jimmy, the way that we do this, we have to cut the recording, then go back into it uh, to allow the, uh, the spot to put in the voicemail here. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and uh, play Andres' voicemail first, and we'll go right back. So I'm going to call you back in about two seconds here, right? All right. Sounds good. Hey, guys. This is Andres, obviously. I uh, just wanted to call in because I know Jimmy's going to be on, and I uh, just wanted to ask him, you know, when do you think it's time for us to switch to a one-quarterback league? Uh, two quarterbacks really hampers the waiver wire. kind of basically forces you to mess up your draft by drafting quarterbacks early. Um, otherwise, if you get an injury, you know, you're kind of screwed for the rest of the season. I think this would really add another layer of strategy to um, not only the waiver wire, but just drafting in general. Uh, basically, I just think it's time for us to change to one quarterback just to make the league a little bit more interesting and enjoyable. Uh, Godspeed and God bless and the wise words of Jimmy Costin. All right. <laughs> so, and I think Derek's going to join here in a second, um, but I'll just hop right into it and stall a little bit here to wait for, wait for Derek to hop in. Um, Derek knows the voicemail, but basically Andres is complaining about having a two-quarterback league. And, you know, I would just say before you even hop into it, Jimmy, for further clarification, it is an OP spot. You don't have to play quarterbacks. Obviously, you can play, play other positions. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and hear it from you as far as your response to what your thought process is on if you want to go ahead and change the OP spot to something else, if you want to take it out completely, what are your overall thoughts here for that, that position spot within the starting lineup uh, moving forward to the league and, and in the future? Um, the, the one thing I thought the John league was always unique about for a two quarterback league or a quarterback and OP position uh, I liked having that option in the draft too, as well. So you couldn't just look at the uh, the typical draft rankings. You actually kind of did your homework and actually have a plan of attack going in. And that's what I kind of liked about the idea of having an OP over a flex or a standard kind of league. Um, I think probably a little uniqueness to this league, and um, you know, maybe maybe a little more challenging. I agree too. Um, has a little strategy and a little bit of luck with quarterback play and 
stuff like that too. Um, OP, so you don't have to have two quarterbacks. I mean, hell, if you have four great receivers or three great running backs that you can play every single week, it's about the same as a quarterback some of these days too. I mean, Darren, I'm gonna cut you off because Derek, uh, Derek's having trouble joining. Hold on. Okay. I'm gonna call you back. All right, Jimmy. So there's that question about two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a long explanation. Mark was kind of stung. Oh, Mark's oh. back. All right, here we go. All right, so Derek, I, I, Jimmy was getting into it here, just talking about the position. Jimmy, why don't you just recap what you said over the last 30 seconds? Um, pretty much what I was saying is the two quarterback league, I thought it was very unique for the John League itself. And I really thought uh, making a two quarterback league or the uh, QB1 and OP, maybe not people follow like the standard ESPN or whatever kind of charts. You had to think what you're doing about your draft and how you play. So you couldn't just like go off a normal formula that they have. So I kind of thought it brought un- a lot of uniqueness to the league. And also, too, I mean, uh, Mark said Brock, too, is an OP. So you could have four wide receivers going or three running backs. I mean, it just kind of depends how you draft and how you want to play. And, um, what I was starting to say is some lower tier quarterback twos are, you know, we're at the same level as some core, uh, some high end wide receivers and running backs, stuff like that too. So, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. I, I just think it kind of brings a uniqueness to this league and makes it kind of fun to, to play and challenging too as well. Derek, I, th- I feel like you have, uh, you almost kind of agree a little bit more on Andre's side. So I'm curious to see what your take is on this. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a fun thing to bring to the table when there were eight teams in this league and when there were 10 teams, um, because when there's eight, you only need 16 quarterbacks. And when there's 10, you only need 20, but now there's 12, that's 24 quarterbacks, not to mention the five that are going to miss the entire season with torn ACLs or something. I don't know. I mean, this is the first year it's ever really hurt me. Um, every other year I've been a beneficiary of the two quarterback system. And I just, and even before this year, I just, I thought it was time to change over to, to the standard one QB and put that OP spot into a flex. Um, because I think it is a little bit more fun and less stressful when you only have one quarterback to choose from and you can be strategic about streaming quarterbacks and such rather than having to sit on some, God awful quarterback or play in some bad matchups. And I get what you're saying about high end wide receivers scoring the same ish. Um, but the thing is you would never fill that OP slot with like Antonio Brown because you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not exactly the same uh, replacement value. You'd be filling it with somebody like Tyler Lockett, who's, you know, either eight points or maybe he'll get 24. You never really know. See, I, so I actually – I side with Jimmy here, uh, surprisingly. Uh, I was not a fan of the OP spot to begin with, but it's actually grown on me for a couple of different reasons. One of the reasons, going back to uh, exactly what Jimmy said, in the sense that it makes the league unique. You know, I would argue there's a good chunk of us in the league that, you know, this isn't the only league that we're playing in, and – it, 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 it adds a whole nother dynamic to it. 
Uh, it adds a whole nother level of strategy. It increases. So number two, it increases the parity here. And, you know, it, even those teams that drafted well have there, there's more weight on also being strategic, working the free agency, scouring the waiver wire and having a complete team from your first roster spot to your very last bench spot. Um, so in my opinion, also on top of that, it adds a level of strategy where you really have to pay attention to your entire team as a whole week in and week out. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, like Jimmy said, you don't have to in that OP spot. Like, I would disagree with this if it was a just strictly two-quarterback league. But, again, that OP spot gives you some flexibility to run out of running back or a wide receiver. Or like, you know, for instance, Shaq's doing this week two tight ends. Uh, and it allows you to showcase some of the depth that you have. And it even allows you to showcase certain players that you might be looking to trade or move or this, that, or the other. You know, when you can you know, put a guy out there and he puts 20 points up on the OP spot, you know, that goes a long way in being able to then make a move in your favor the following week. So I think it holds, adds a whole other element, a whole other dynamic to this league. And um, I would actually be, you know, this is me changing my stance, but I would actually be pretty disappointed if we got rid of the OP spot. I, I would prefer to change it into a flex for sure. Um and, and I didn't think I'd be that way until this past year. And it's like, I, I just like, look at the top teams in our league right now and how many, how much better they are than the rest. Jack is using Matt Ryan and Drew Brees and tech is using a combination of Mahomes, Trubisky and Roethlisberger. I mean, boom. It's like, if you have two set in stone, like every week's QB ones, you are hands down above the competition. Like, I don't know. I, I think it puts a large gap in the top four teams in the league compared to, like, the bottom five. But I would actually disagree because even though it worked out that way this this year, you know, there I would actually say it evens the playing field in the sense that when you prepare for drafts, like, I would argue I myself, I look into fantasy football and I, I research it a lot more than, you know, maybe a Kuhar or a Caleb or someone like that, um, where they just kind of go in and wing it. And it evens that gap a little bit because when you have to account for trying to pursue, pursue multiple quarterbacks, naturally everyone drafts quarterbacks uh, higher. And it, 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 it really, there's not a whole lot of information out there to, you know, go ahead and say, you know, I mean, there are super flex leagues out there, uh, but it's not in abundance like the normal, you know, standard leagues are. And in my opinion, it, it just makes it evens out the playing field and it makes it a little tougher to figure out how, what your draft strategy is going to be. On top of that, I, because it's a full PPR, I think that's how you can get away with it as well, because of the fact that in the OP spot, you've got guys that can put up full you know, points per catch, uh, and it evens out playing those quarterbacks a little bit more versus the position players. So uh, I think it's going to be an ongoing debate, but um, I certainly don't think it's a unanimous, you know, feeling that, you know, we should get rid of the OP spot in the league. No, no. I, I mean, I think it should come down to a vote, but I, I do think that more would be in favor of changing rather than staying the same. Well, I would defer this to Jimmy, too. Like, Jimmy, like, I feel like 
you know, part of the integrity of the league is just kind of like allowing your word to be law. And I think that makes the league um, have a backbone and it gives it uh, a lot of, you know, you know, basically if it's, it's, if it's not your way, it's the highway. And I, I like that aspect of it because, you know, there's not controversy. There's not debates. It's, it's, it's one way or the other. And you start off with a certain set of rules and you don't change it at any point during the season. And that, you know, holds the sanctity of the league. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to change every single season. I don't want to change the whole league over again. Everyone's trying to figure out new ways and what's going on. You know, we're changing from, you know, an OP to a flex. Oh, let's get rid of a wide receiver. That's I running back. I just, I just try to stay the same roster year in year out to make it kind of the same very consistent and stuff like that um i mean even to talk about years past too i mean derek you've won a league regular season league three years in a row with uh two great quarterbacks bud and uh it's just uh you, you can't want to change something because it's not working Whoa, this that, year you not, know it, you have what i'm saying at all and that's what i was stating when i said it before is that I was against it in the off season. Uh, I was against it in the off season. I voted against. It. I understand why some people yeah. don't like it, and yeah, I, I've I said I've been the beneficiary of it many years because I have drafted great quarterbacks. But I see other people's reasoning for with it because it is it is. And when you have a quarterback go down, it's impossible to come back from it. I don't think so. I think you can easily back So, no, no. To, to end your statement, I am not changing my idea on it. What's that, Mark? Um, I didn't say anything. Hello? I didn't hear you at all. You cut out. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So, how about we just move on here? Uh and I know, Jimmy, you just kind of hit on not changing some things. Is there anything that you are close or thinking about potentially changing going into next season specifically? Um, I know this will be addressed later in some of these questions, but waiver wire will probably be changed next year. I just think uh, we, we, I think it's been obvious that it might be an issue, but I think that's probably the main one thing we're going to look at and might change. That's a big, the top one in the bucket list right to, now. If you were to list, change list. waiver wire, what would you? Are you thinking about Fab or what? What, what did you have? Yeah, I'd be Fab. That's a big move. I know that's a that's a move that I'm uh, very hesitant to make, but it's a it's it's a thought process right now. It's in the making, and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, at the same time, I do like how the league's running right now. I, it, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the season's still going on. There's offseason, and I'm sure there'll be conversations about it too. Yeah, I think I think Fab is a necessary change for sure. It's it's the modern way that everybody does their waiver wires, and it's a more strategic way. So that basically, you you can't you're not limited to the waiver order, I guess per se. I mean. It's more strategic in every aspect. I, I like the idea of Fab as well. Um, I think that's at least everyone that's on this podcast agrees with. I could see when you when the other listeners out there are listening 
you know, there's probably some people that are like, what the hell is fab and hell no, like fuck that kind of thing. Um, but fab is, it's really pretty simple. You have a budget at the beginning of the year. Uh, they put it in dollar amounts, uh, and you basically throughout the course of the free agency and regular season, uh, just, you know, bid for guys every week, uh, at the same time that we do our waiver claims and whoever bids the most for a certain player, uh, you know, gets that player. So it's really not that complicated and that's basically the gist of it. Uh, it's, it'll take a little bit to adjust to, but I do think that it's worth, you know, transitioning over to, uh, because I, I, I certainly don't think like, I don't like the idea of this waiver priority, uh, throughout the course of the entire year. Like, it's just kind of, it's just kind of like a bonehead way of doing things. And, the, the, the only hesitation I have with Fab is the waiver wire is very simple. Everyone knows how to do it. I, I understand it's kind of, you know, the olden days and stuff like that. Um, that's only my my pros for it, I guess, for keep staying with waiver wire. And then with, with Fab, I think it's a, uh, I guess I probably three-fourths of the league knows what Fab is and will be confident with it. It's just the other fourth I'm kind of concerned about, or maybe, maybe a third of it that doesn't really know yeah. what's going on. You know, that doesn't do fancy consistently daily and is all about it. Yeah. Um, I just try to make this a, a league that is not consume your whole life kind of thing. I mean, I think I, Caleb, I know, had concerns about it, but he does his research. I think he would be able to figure it out pretty quickly. Um, it's really not and that Kuhar, Yeah, Kuhar is the only other person, and Kuhar doesn't even use our waiver system now. So um, I, I don't think it would be a problem for people. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, like, you might have someone like Kuhar week one, you know, blow 60 bucks of his, you know, fab budget. But, like, that's, you know, Kuhar also, like, other makes other kind of ridiculous moves, too. So, you know, just understand that, you, you know, you have a budget and you just have to keep pace on it the entire year. And um, I think it's something that it's, it's a change, but it, you can easily adjust to it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, I, like I said, like, like I said, the probably first year, first couple weeks will be interesting. And then after that, I think we'll be, you know, just like walking a dog. Uh, the next question, and I really like this question from Caleb here. Uh, actually, how about we just um, uh, we'll cut out and then uh, – or do you guys want to cut out and then try and cut back in, given the amount of technical difficulties we have, or you just want to kind of have all the voicemails played before we started talking here? Let's uh, let's cut out to hear his all first right. his first one, and then we'll come back. Okay. Hello, Jimmy. Here are some questions for you. What kind of changes can we expect to see next season? The league has expanded three times since its debut. Could there be more expansions in the future? All right. So Caleb's first one is, is addressing what, uh, what kind of changes we can look forward to next season. So I guess in regards to that, Jimmy, is there anything that you had set in stone? I mean, we just talked about waiver wire. 
but you're like, this absolutely is getting changed next season, or is this all an open discussion so far? Um, I'm going to say it's still open discussion. Waiver wire is definitely the the one that hit the hardest and makes the most sense. And that I, I don't see much being changed. Um, the only other thing I can see would probably be um, maybe loser punishment or something like that would only be another, would be another thing. But I don't, I don't really see the league changing too much in the offseason. I'm not I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Changing the league drastically every single year, I like to be very small and subtle with it, and uh, try to keep the same year in year out with consistency. I do like the idea of loser punishment. Um, you know, maybe not something as drastic as a tattoo, uh, but uh, you know, maybe that's a call to action for everyone for voicemails for the upcoming week. You know, submit a voicemail on what a good idea is for a loser punishment for next year. Yeah, I, I I do uh, I do have an idea though. Derek and I were talking about uh, getting a, a bigger loser trophy. That's a little more um, PG thirteen, I guess PG uh, for the loser kind of thing like that. That will uh, fine though. Like you know, we're all fucking adults here. Like you know, I, I mean, I just don't come in last place, and you don't have to have a trophy with a dick on it. Like I don't like. I don't know, man. Like, I think that the trophy should, you know, certainly continue, and that that should be mandatory, though. I I agree. I, I completely agree. It's, uh, you know, it it is. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I was talking to the guy who made our trophies, and he has a uh, couple stories where the loser has to get a giant black dildo trophy, and they have to come in the office into the store with a giant black dildo. It's like. It's like 15, 16 inches that's long, and it's get engraved. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's over. Uh, well, yeah, but with my with my work now, Jimmy, hello. Currently, we only have a prize for first place and a money back prize for second. As the league continues, will we see small weekly prizes and other season-ending prizes? If you guys could change one aspect of the league, what would you change? Jimmy's here now. Uh, so the other question that I had Jimmy recorded from Caleb here was just uh, future league prizes. And I really like this question. I thought this was really interesting in the sense that, you know, he brought up the idea of doing some weekly prizes um, along with season-ending prizes. If you've thought or considered about doing any kind of weekly prizes up in the ante at all, or even um, changing up how we distribute uh, money at the end of the season as well, any any thoughts in regards to that that side of it? Um, I have thought about upping the ante. If I do up the ante, then I would do weekly prizes. So I think there'd be more more pool or more uh, more money up for grabs. And my mind so at the same time. Um, in the past two years, it's been Dennis and myself in the finals. And usually, what I say is the two finals. I usually text the people in the finals and tell them like the payouts are five hundred for the winner, one hundred for the loser. Um, but they can do if they want to split the money three hundred, three hundred they can, or whatever they want to do, kind of thing. It's up to them towards the finals. Um, 
but that's the but at the same time if we were going to up the ante i would do weekly prizes though too as well you know highest points every week it's you know ten dollars at the, at the end of the season or a regular season champion gets his money back stuff like that i'm up for but i i just don't think with the with that with uh with the money we have i really do like the the payout how it's set at the beginning 500 for the winner and 100 for the loser unless the two two finalists decide something different yeah and i think i agree i think that's all we can do with the current buy-in the way it is um and i like that caleb mentioned this because i do think that we are all adults here and a 50 dollars buy-in is kind of shallow um honestly we should all be doing we, we're all dedicated to this we should all be doing a hundred to two hundred dollar buy-in easy um once again, we're all adults here. So I, I think that's something that we should look into. Yeah, I like the idea of minimum 100. I, mean, I think 200 starts to get a little steep there for some people. But, um, yeah, I think we could definitely up the money and then, like, give out, like, maybe, like, payouts for, you know, top score of the week or, you know, biggest win margin of the week or, you know, so other ways of doing it. I mean, I, I like the idea of also incorporating prizes if we're switching to FAB. Uh, we're almost like we up the ante just the amount of money that we put into our fab budget. So, you know, everyone has a hundred dollar fab budget. That's how much we put in. And then, you know, there's a fab pool at the end of the year that, uh, essentially, you know, gets distributed in some way, shape or form as well. Yeah. As I was saying, there's, there's, there's a lot of options too, as well. I think it's just, uh, sitting down and, and, lo- and looking at going forward and whatnot. I, I mean, I'm not, um, I mean, how even last year I was struggling to get people to pay me too. I mean, two people didn't pay last year as well. And even this year, I still struggling to get payments for three people right now. Well, so that's I what I'm just that, trying. I mean, obviously you're, you're a commissioner, but I think that's, that's a problem. Like, I know that, that, really have people that don't pay up. Like, you know, that's unfair to you to not, um, essentially at the end of the day, like have to be chasing people down and stuff. So, um, you know, if anyone's listening that didn't pay up, like, you know, be a, be a man of your word. Like, don't join the league if you can't if you can't pay the money. So, yeah, exactly. I'm not exactly. I'm, it's it's it also falls on me too for being more strict about it. Make sure money's in on time and stuff like that. Um, but I, I guess I just thought we're all brothers here, and you know, you know, words a word, and you'd pay up and everything like that. But. Um, I'm not, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not too worried. I have three people left. And I know the three people are, pre- are usually pretty good for their money. It's just uh, me reaching out and getting, make sure I get it down to them or them giving it to me. They're kind of out, all out, out of towners. Let's put it that way. Derek, what other, hey, what other questions no. did you have? Well, speaking of league members, Caleb did ask as well. Um, we've expanded twice since we started this league. So he was curious if, we foresee expanding to a 14 team league or, or 16 at some point. Um, and I want to get your take on that, Jimmy. No, Agreed. that's a hard. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we have enough Jonda members to, uh, to make it that way, to be honest with you. Exactly. And, and, there are enough. and right. And an issue too, which I, I, I am afraid could come is, is what if, we start having a member to drop out. Um, I, I don't even know what we would do then. I I mean I still I'm still in contact with a couple of Jonda members, new ones. Um, I'm sure we can find some. 
I don't think it'd be that hard to find. To be honest, I mean, I was I was talking to Ari when he came in New York the other week, and you know, he uh, there's definitely ways of convincing him to do it, and I think he got. I don't know, man. Ari got a little sensitive when he heard that we were running a podcast this year, and he kind of he kind of gave me a weird reaction. Uh, I don't know if that was like I'm scared for you, or like a uh, damn, I want to be a part of that, or what his kind of reaction was. But uh, I sensed a little bit of envy in him there, so. Might be a soft uh, one on his end. He, I'm so. He, he dropped the league. Yeah, I know. He didn't want to do the league. He was in the league for one year, and he said, "I'm out the second I year." I know, and I, but I think you could convince him to get him back in if we ever needed to, if, if we needed the extra member there. He is so bad, man. He is so butthurt all the time. All the time. It was pretty funny. Honestly, it, it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> that's the whole fun of it. Like that's why exactly. it's be great to have him back. So um, if if need be, it's good to know we've got him in the uh lurking in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh what other questions were there? Yeah, so uh let me pull it up here. I have a list for you, Jimbo. Oh, okay. Something that I've campaigned for for years now, Jimmy. When the hell are we gonna switch from eight teams making the playoffs to six teams or even four. Our playoff system is a little ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, eight teams make it. It's total free-for-all. I mean, I there's no point in competing when you're like in Jack and Tackett's position. You, you don't gain anything from it. So I've thought that maybe we should do a six-team playoff where the top two get first-round buys or we do a four-teamer. Or we switch. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Though I'm curious if um, there are changes in that regard coming. I I am a very strict believer in the eight team playoffs. I mean, hell, I love seeing the eight seed upset the one seed every single year, or a seven beat the two. It just uh, involves more people later on. I mean, hell, there's if you only need four teams, six teams, half this league would be saying. Well, fuck! I'm out of the out of the league, out of the race. They stop caring. But hell, if you get three fourths of the league in the playoffs, you kind of get three fourths of the league and almost a full league participating the whole year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that. That's where. That's why. That's how I look at it. I, I feel it's a more people are involved during the playoffs. They're gonna be more interested in playing the whole year and actually being with this league instead of saying, "Oh shit, I went zero four. I can't make the fourteen playoff." You know, and screw this league. I'll Contrary to my other leagues, you know? Yeah. At least this way. I don't mind the eight teams. Uh, You know, for me, like, I I also, like, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Like, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we did switch to six. I think four is a ridiculous notion. But um, I buy into Jimmy's reasoning in the sense that you get everyone participating for the majority of the year. Um, You know, you can be, for instance, in Derek's position right now. And like, if you were in Derek's position right now, and knowing that you only only the top six teams make it, you're pretty much already giving up at this point of the season. Like, you've got another week or two before you're like, all right, I'm out. And I think it's a lot more fun when Thanksgiving comes around and everyone is pretty much still in it. So, um, in my eyes, it is it eight teams is perfectly fine, and that's on you, man. If you're the one seed. And you're not prepared to play against the eight seed come week round one of the playoffs. Like that's on you because you didn't look ahead 
to figure out what kind of matchups your guys have, what kind of matchups your players have, round one, round two, round three, to set yourself up to be successful. So, you know, that's on you for not looking ahead, and that's where the strategy is and trying to look ahead and set your team up for success there. So, Well, I mean, what you said about having eight teams in it, keeping more people in, I think the inverse can be said for having so many people in it. Because in years past, I mean, when like in Tackett's position, when you've got teams that are 7-0 and or 8-0 or ridiculously ahead of everybody and you know there's no bonus, you don't get any home field advantage or anything for being the top two seeds, uh, you don't continue paying attention to your lineup until you're in the playoffs. There's just no point. But that's where discipline comes in. Be disciplined and you'll figure it out. Now, my – what we talked about before I think can help alleviate that when we talk about some of the weekly prizes and that kind of stuff, you know, if you're the top earner, you know, uh, point score every single week, uh, you can go ahead and walk home with another, you know, $30, $40, $50 prize every single week. There's some certainly extra motivation, even when you're nine and Uh, so I think the, you know, what Caleb brought up and, you know, what I think is a great idea is, you know, if we were to instill some weekly prizes, that can help alleviate a little bit bit of that for, you know, some of the top seeds. And then especially if a one seed gets knocked out, for instance, uh, you know, they still won a bunch of money all year for, you know, being the top scorer a bunch of weeks. So. Yeah, when's the last time one seed got knocked out of the playoffs, Derek? By eight seed. What? Derek, when's the last time the one seed got knocked out by the eight, by the eight seed? Got knocked out by the eight seed? <laughs> yeah. It happened last year, didn't it? Yeah. It, it, Against you? It, was, it wasn't me. <laughs> I wasn't the one seed last year. Yeah, you were. Well, I made it to the semifinals last year. Oh, I did? Oh, two years ago. Or three years ago. <laughs> it, it has happened to me a few times. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, that, it was has. A, that was a, that was a oh. failure at taking a subtle shot at Derek there, Jimmy. I know. I really dropped the ball on that one. I really did. <laughs> yeah, this this league has been fucking retarded for me. The over the course of it, been consistently the best team and have no trophy to show for. It's been disappointing. All right, what are, what are <laughs> questions do you have, Derek? Um, I, I want to add more bench spots. This is the shallowest bench. The, of any league I've in, I'm in, um, and I mean it, it prevents you from adding depth. It prevents you from strategically adding players and stashing. With a six-player bench, you can't stash and hope. I mean, you especially with two, a two-quarterback league because technically you should have three quarterbacks in your team. So that's just another bench spot wasted. So I'd really like to add two more bench spots. I agree with that. I. I I feel if you had two more bench spots, there'd be no nothing on waivers at all. No, I mean that's that's a thing. It'd be like you'd be able to hold your second tight end, and it'd be like a couple more receivers, or or it'd be like some like it'd be like um, say somebody has Todd Gurley, it'd be holding his backup, his handcuff. Like that's all it would be. Yeah. I mean, so I'm my 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 other league. Uh, there actually is two more bench spots, and there's still options out there in the free agency um, every every week, just like this one. Uh, it's just in this one, it's more muddied, and um, there's just a, a random you know extra surplus of guys to choose from. Uh, and then 
you know, I, I, if I, like, I totally agree with Derek. Like, I think we should at least, like, I, if you add two bench spots, but then take away the IR spot, like, because the, my problem with the IR spot is like, you can't make a move unless your guy is off the IR spot. So then you get, it's just like kind of a hassle, but if you just take away the IR spot and add two bench spots and everything is, you know, uh, everything balances out at that point. So. I, I, I see what you guys are saying, too. I agree. I, I see what you guys are saying and whatnot. It's just uh, I never thought about it that way, too, as take well. Away the, take away the um, DIR spot so people aren't just, like, set, like, just, you know, hogging people at that point um, and add the two. And in my opinion, it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah. This means a longer draft then, man. I mean, yeah, it would be Pretty an hard. extra round or two, but. What's yeah. that? <laughs> What'd you say, Derek? Hello? You're you're cutting out like oh, real really? hard. Yeah, there, okay. that's better now. Whatever I don't you know just what happened there. Um all right, next yeah. question. Um Oh, is there a better way to determine draft order? Should we start doing like is there anything we can do to make draft order determination more fun? It's, uh, I'm not sure how to do it better. I mean, it'd be better if we got everyone together at one location, one time. But I right. think it would be almost impossible this time with, I mean, you have people all in, you know, California and Washington, New York, Ohio, and all over sorts of places. I can't really think yeah. of anything, uh, well, you know, better to do besides the random. Considering we have a podcast now, like maybe we do something where, you know, Jimmy puts up like a live like Skype or webcam or something and then just picks out of a fishbowl. I think that'd be kind of a cool way to do it. And then everyone, you know, either just watches it live right before the draft starts or like an hour before, um, you know, or you, you know, something along those lines. I think that, you know, maybe that's, that's a good way of doing it. So no one, no one that uh, you know comes at Jimmy or accuses him of you know collusion. Yeah, that that would be fun, and mm-hmm. um, and also we could also do something where we draw numbers, and that's the order that we pick in of like Kentucky Derby horses, and each of us picks a horse, and the place they Ooh, finish is where we. I draft. like that. I like that. Just throw throw some extra gambling and and add to our degenerative, you know, nature here. <laughs> I do like that too as well. I do. I really like the idea. We're all kind of, everyone's kind of randomly gets drawn a number and they get to choose a random, you know, a horse or something like that or something. Yeah. More obscure would be fun too as well. But then the, o- the I like, only I like where is the going. thing is like, if you, you know, who gets the horse with the better odds, right? Like, you know, right. I think that's the only problem with that there. Um, could do March Madness too. Oh, we could do, idea. um, yeah, March Madness teams. And like, you yeah. can't pick like any of. Those I, I like the options, like the ideas. Mm-hmm. What's Maybe that? Like, can't pick any of like the top four seeds. Like everyone has to pick a lower seed, and whoever's lower seed advances the furthest. And then you know, going down the order there, um, it's a good idea. Yes, I, I like that a lot. I mean, that that would add so much more fun to it. Especially our entire league really loves March Madness too, so I think that would really gel well. It's good, and then and then you have like yeah, you I, engage I, everyone in the off season. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
What do you think, Jim? I like those ideas. I like them a lot. And just, uh, I think it needs to be thought about before, uh, before the, you know, Kentucky Derby or March Madness happens. So people can kind of, you know, do the re- repair a little bit, you know, instead of being like, Oh, two days before March Madness. Hey guys, <laughs> Saturday in draft order, uh, pick your team. So, <laughs> well, Hey, if they listen to the podcast, they'd be prepared. Yep. Well, I think that would be our responsibility on the podcast is by years end, you know, starting to, you know, maybe giving Jimmy, you another, uh, op, you know, opportunity to hop on here as like a year's end commissioners know, Hey, this is, this is what we're doing kind of thing. Um, you know, as a way to wrap up the, uh, podcast in the season. So I think that's a, that's a good, you know, kind of next step there. I, I agree. I'd, I'd love to come back on and talk to you guys again and, talk about the you know the future of the league and what what plans we're going to solidify to change for next year and the draft order and stuff like that too all right anything else yeah and uh and keepers too are we keeping one or two players by the way it's one 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 player okay so i guess that could be another question for the future as well is if we're going to expand to two keepers or three keepers or something um yeah i mean i i really feel this year with keepers it's going to be a little interesting First year doing sure. it, and I don't know how many people are actually going to have keepers to keep. I'm sure Tacky will keep Mahomes that he drafted in eighth round or whatever, and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think it'll be few and far between. I've I've never done a keeper league before, so it's be new for me and just try to figure out the the quirks of it too. So as well. that is my question. Yeah. So with keepers, they forfeit the round that you draft them in, correct? Correct. Yeah, just want to make sure. and and that's why I kind of yeah that's why I kind of focused why I pushed to the online draft this year instead of doing like the the live draft board and everything like that is just so ESPN has the keepers already set and they can it's easier for them to keep track of it too as well and so there's no question about it at all. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So my. It makes it simpler. My other league um, is actually a pretty big keeper league. So you keep four players, um, and then you actually keep any rookies. Uh, It works out really well. Um, The one thing, Jimmy, is if we ever got to a point where we kept more than one player, uh, my recommendation is because we ran into this with our keeper league, is that you it, it actually makes sense to draft on Yahoo and then uh, upload all the players to ESPN because of um, ESPN actually doesn't keep track of the draft results from year to year. Uh, Once it resets, it just resets. So uh, just for keepers moving forward, keep that in mind. Wow. Good Good to know. Did not know that at all. (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) Um, All right. Any other questions? Uh, I, th- I think that's all I've got. Jimmy, you got anything else you need to address? Nope, I'm, I'm all good to go. Bless and Browns. Awesome. <laughs> Jimmy, I am stoked to see you this weekend, man. I am, too. I'm good to be back. Go for uh, go Crew's last home game and celebrate Halloween at the same time. Hell, yeah. Get, get fucking wasted. <laughs> yes, yes well. sir. I'm freezing my ass off. I've been outside this whole last <laughs> half hour, so uh, I'm gonna go inside and shoot an email to my property management company, complaining to them that they didn't allow me to stay in the library here. Uh, and then after that, go to bed. But 
uh, you know, appreciate everyone to listening here. Thought this was a very insightful podcast, despite all the technical glitches uh, and issues that we had. Any, uh, you know, wrapping up uh, kind of uh, remarks or comments here, guys? Uh, no, I'm I'm all good. What about you, Jim? I'm all good too, as well, man. Let's just uh, call it a night and uh, best of luck in fantasy this week, boys. Absolutely. Best of luck to all. All right, this is the Fantasy Football Bros signing off, and good luck, everyone, here for week eight.